You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. So glad you could join me for an episode of the ENM podcast as we get to talk to one of my favorite Enneagram teachers, Leslie Hirschberger. We're talking today in this whole month about conflict in marriage, but today we're really going deep for you as an individual so that you can be better and healthier in conflict as we process it through these centers of intelligence. When I say centers of intelligence, what I mean is processing conflict through your head, your heart, and your gut or body centers. And Leslie is going to help us to think about these in a revolutionary way for some of us. Many of you might already understand the language she's using, but what I really love about Leslie is that she's not afraid to dig deep to help us to understand what these centers really mean on a deeper level. So for instance, she's going to be helping us to see that the body center actually has a lot of feelings because body types are very sensate feelers in the world. They're feeling everything out in the world. So it's not the heart feeling that we're used to hearing about, but how do you help somebody who's feeling everything in the world so sensitively? And then when we think about the heart people, how do you help people who are so in touch with other people's hearts, but not necessarily their own hearts because they're busy doing? And then the thinkers out there, well, we we know what we're doing out there. We're, we're overthinking so much. So she's going to help all of us today. And I want you to take this episode as an episode that you can just glean something new for yourselves. Sometimes our episodes are more coaching and refining. And this episode, I think, is really what I would say a digging deep, truly a deeper dive episode in the midst of our other deep dive episodes on the types. So I think it's very welcome timing as some of you are probably like, you know what? I've bottomed out on what to do for conflict and I need some deeper help. And for others of you, this is just going to be an interesting ride when you get to hear one of the greatest minds in Enneagram work really take us on a creative journey. Keep up with our deep dives on all the types as we are finishing up type eight this week and then nine next week. I also am sharing in the show notes today a way to give to world relief in terms of the Ukrainian children who are fleeing Ukraine and the the awful situations they're going through. I know many of us feel compelled to give as a collective and many of you are giving in beautifully creative ways, but I just wanted to offer you a couple more orgs that I've given to and I want to make sure that you have that chance if you are still waiting but want to give. So that's in the show notes for you also. 
If you're following along in the Enneagram and Marriage Glow Relationship Planner with us, you know, like I said, that we're in conflict month. And if you're just doing the light version by listening on the podcast, keep making sure that you guys are talking about not stonewalling or totally cutting each other off, not criticizing each other, but also trying to balance the ways you're you're talking together, the ways you're being together so that you can learn from one another with curiosity. We have had some time with this this month as a couple, and I've been really blessed and kind of just sweetly surprised that Wes is doing so much work in this area with me because both of us dance around conflict a little bit and we're just diving right in with you guys. And it's been beautiful to see the ways we can shift when we have this light way of looking together that doesn't stress either of us out. And we're surrounding our time going through the planner with activities and walks, as I mentioned on the seven podcast. And we are really, yeah, we're digging in. So I hope you guys are digging in too, to how to solve conflict together. And just like you're going to hear Leslie say, and like I just said, doing this in a way that doesn't demean the other person or accuse, but just is vulnerable and says, this is kind of why I do what I do. And this is maybe why I think we've evolved into this kind of dance. That's a beautiful way to approach somebody who may be defensive. And it also disarms any possible critiques when you're able to show grace for yourself. However, I do want to give one caveat that it's important you also set boundaries of respect for yourself, even as you're being gracious. So make sure that you learn that boundaries don't mean that you get to hold up a complete wall and just shut people out, but that it does mean that there's a certain level of respect that you want involved in all the conversations that you have. So so feel free to say, hey, when I hear this kind of language, it it upsets me and it makes me not able to process or I need to take a break because I'm overwhelmed by the intensity of our voices right now or the ways we're behaving, but don't leave the conflict. Just understand it's time to reapproach and get creative, maybe even with texting or emailing or going to a public place where you know you'll be more civilized and not going to a public place if you think you probably won't. So it's important that you hold that self-respect and confidence as you are processing all of this, but also a lot of love and grace for each other because you're doing new things, right? You're, You're building upon what past individuals in your lives have done and you're going farther than they've ever gone. So it's a little bit pressured. So that's my advice to you is give some grace, try to find some healthy places and ways that you can process. And of course, I have built a team of Enneagram and Marriage Certified Coaches. If you need more in-depth training, plus Leslie sharing her in-depth training as well and where you can find her. So we just want to make sure you are all covered, all set. Don't forget your date nights. Don't forget your physical self-care. And don't forget that Goldilocks 3.5 hours a day of finding some replenishment rest. That is where people do best when they have had a bunch of work, but also a good amount of time to rest and regather and recoup. So I hope you do some of that with your, if you're dating or in a relationship or married, I hope you do some of that with your partner. And then I hope you do some of that with just yourself if you're introverted or with your kids. I know in addition to our dates and our times we're trying to find together, I've been having fun with my type nine daughter and Olivia this week. We're going to be watching 
the second round of Twilight because that's where my daughter's at is just wanting to watch that and she's having fun as all of her friends have been watching that for years. And she's like, mom, can we just finally watch this? I'm like, absolutely. So we're having fun. (laughs) I'm sure she'll be typing with me a little bit on fun Twilight people, but we probably will not do an episode on that. (laughs) But it'll be fun and cute. It already has been. And I hope you're just enjoying your people because life is short. It's sweet. Enjoy this time with them. Set aside time. As a family, we're also reading Harry Potter. And that's been a really cute little fun treat. I know my son and I are reading Lord of the Rings in the day, but that can get very dry even for me. And don't tell Tolkien I said that, (laughs) but, but it's just, I'm in this very dry part of it. So all that said and done, make sure that you keep on having fun with your people in the midst of all of the hard work. I'm not just assuming, but hoping that you're doing because I am right there with you. I'm working really hard, but I also like to play hard. So, and rest well, right? So have a great time. I'm listening with me to Leslie. She's just such a fab teacher and we're just going to learn so much. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so glad I get to interview you today, Leslie. Thank you so much for joining me for the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. It's good to be here, Krista. Thank you. And we were just sharing how funny it is that I'm an auditory learner, but I found Leslie through video format because you have a YouTube channel, right? I do. I I did a long, just a long time ago on kind of happenstance because I had been doing courses for a group called Integral Life and so many of my stuff was recorded audio or visually. And I thought, I'm going to just start, start uploading some videos and it's, yeah, it was a good idea. I I was (laughs) sharing with you. Most people find me through my YouTube channel. Oh, wonderful. And we'll grab all that at the end too. But guys, we are just really in for a treat today with Leslie. I am so grateful she agreed to meet with us to talk about the center's approach that she is famous for in the Enneagram world as we talk about conflict in marriage, because we need to pull out all the big dogs. (laughs) Thank you, Leslie. You are just an absolute hero of mine in the Enneagram world. Well, thank you. I would like to say that after working with the Enneagram for almost 25 years, that I never have conflicts in marriage or with children or with people. And we do. So there's more on that, you know, just these tools are fabulous tools. I think that's how we evolve is through these conflicts. So, yeah. Mm, Wow. Well, yes, I do want to talk more about that because you have already helped me personally, just in our brief conversations with the knowledge that you've shared. So make sure you guys please check out her videos on each of the type on her YouTube channels. Uh, It even helped me to define areas of my type that I didn't know were areas of issue for me. So, um, so make sure you check out Leslie Hirschberger's videos, but First, before we get to that, Leslie, can you just tell us a little bit about you and your background in your marriage? Oh, sure. My background overall or my background in my marriage? Both? Both. Okay. So I met my husband. This is really unusual, mm-hmm. at least in my world, at 17. And mm-hmm. uh, we worked at a garden store together. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I had known him from high school. I just knew of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was younger than me. So I thought, yeah, you know. <laughs> so anyway, you know how that is when you're in high school. Yes. Anyway, we got together, um, uh, married five years later. And I think about um, probably the thing I often think of when I think about my husband is, he, is I am a social seven. He is a self-preservation nine. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And when I was 20, my family had a really difficult loss. My brother's wife and baby died. And I remember mm-hmm. as a seven, just that feeling completely overwhelmed, under-equipped to deal with something, thinking I would never be happy again. I would never, I mean, it was an overwhelm. And he was just solid, steady Eddie. And I remember thinking, why does he keep coming over? Why does he keep showing up at my house? And, you know, he, he, he was 20. And um, just to just when he was close to her as well, but it was that solid, steady Eddie, you know, which is a real virtue for sevens, you know, steady on, steady on. And it was not a happy family to be in. It was just, it was mm-hmm. just, it was really sad. It was like we had a shroud wow. over. So, so since then we are celebrating our 40th wedding anniversary this year. And I think we've just, we've had, I've had, I've had a lot of different marriages and they've all been with the same person. Um, and um, you know, we're in, we're actually in a new iteration of our marriage right now. It's just really changed significantly. And I would say it's been brought on by, you know, the times, the pandemic, our children being adults in their 30s, um, you know, evoking new um, awarenesses of ourselves. So that's been really interesting. So that's my marriage in a, in a real short nutshell. Um, and then work-wise, I actually got into the Enneagram in my 30s to understand my children. And I would say that if I were really being honest, it would be to change and control my children, not myself because my children were very different from me. Um, And as they started coming in, I moved a lot as a kid. And as they started coming into those years, when I moved, that was when I started feeling a lot of anxiety because they didn't do life the way I did. Mm. So I came across Helen Palmer's work. Actually, I came across a number of people at the time, but it was her book that I read. It was called the Enneagram Mm -hmm. and I read it and, um, I thought, you know, mom's a one. So I had some one in me. I had a lot of one in me, especially if we're talking about conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have my father's was a two. I have a lot of two in me. So I would see that, you know, but um, it was when I got to seven that I started to blush. Who is this woman? Why does she hate me? You know, yeah. it was just so direct, so clear. And it was really identifying a lot of what I was seeing most significantly in my marriage and the things my husband saw in me that I didn't want to see in myself or that I would mm. be free. And mm. so that just set me on a path of there was, they're just, I called somebody in town and said, who do I train with? And they said, train with Helen, you know, mm. and this is a real Helen area. This, this Cincinnati is, mm. she called it her East coast base. So she would come here every year. Uh, I went and certified with the narrative in 2000, 2001, two. And then, um, Helen started a learning community here that she invited practitioners and people she felt like wanted to deepen. And that was probably, and I want, I I just found that letter the other day. And I think it was like in 2002 that I got it, that I started with that learning community where we met with Helen twice a year. And um, as relates to, so the other thing I wanted to do was I wanted to focus on the spiritual dimension of the Enneagram. So I got a master's in theology in order mm-hmm. to understand the contemplative arms of the different traditions. So I focused primarily on contemplative Christianity. And I um, also focused on Buddhist uh, uh, meditation practice. I was really intrigued by the method. I, at that time, I did not know there was Christian contemplative practice. And I loved the inner observer and Helen 
you know, was really good at, she had a, like a, oh goodness, she had, she had like a 30 year Zen practice. So she was really teaching mm-hmm. us to, to um, self-observe oh, and observe God. the patterns and the structure of our type through us, through our city. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but it's, it's one thing to sit and observe the patterns of your type. And it's another thing to bring it on the road. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I started to really do a lot with panels and listen to people on panels. I started, um, I also got a post, so did some work in an um, area called integral studies, because I was so struck by um, how I was changing and it was anxiety provoking, like extremely anxiety provoking. Yeah. And I started understanding stages of adult development and stages of faith through the work of Ken Wilber. Mm. So I would say, I think like in 2006, I started getting some work. I started doing my post-grad work with them. And then they asked me to do a course and I did two courses for them. One is called coming home and integral Christian practicum. And the other one was, um, you know, was uh, a follow-up using the Enneagram as a, as because mm. when people start shifting from their self-identity, you know, how I am I with my internal church structure or re- religious structure or education or familial structure, I come inside and I meet myself. Yeah. The Enneagram is such a great lens. And so I started working a lot, you know, with the Enneagram and um, then I businesses started calling. So I went and got certified in the Enneagram in business because I just felt like I really needed some practical tools. So I did some coaching, you know, I did training in the Enneagram in business, then the Enneagram, then two trainings in Enneagram coaching. So I've got a pretty, like a seven, I've got a pretty, you know, wide practice, but and I've been doing, focusing a lot on the business world lately, but my great love is the integration of psychology and spirituality where psychology Mm. looks at the narratives and looks at the stories of we are and says, you know, you are your story, you know, you are your family of origin and spirituality says, you're not your story. You're not your family. You're much more. And um, so it's this real integration of those two modalities. Oh, that's, that's that's kind of my great love. (laughs) Oh, that's fascinating. And I'm so glad we're, we're picking up end of March, early April, because April we're leading into spirituality and I, um, I'm kind of jealously having the FOMO of wanting you in both spots. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, spiritual presence, you know, here's the thing, what I loved about Helen's work is she, that that's straight up. That's her work. It's and she worked with David Daniels, a psychiatrist from Stanford. But it's a straight up integration of, of spirituality and, and psychology. And um, she, her second book was the Enneagram in Love and Work, because that's when the rubber hits the road is within our relationships mm-hmm. and within our, um, our workplace. And I have to tell you, Krista, I, I've loved working with people in the workplace and I'm working with presence. I mean, that a three centered presence is the core way I work with people. Wow. Because people can, you know, there's a lot of people who can really, who have a lot of skill sets in so many different, really helpful modalities to help us learn about certain structures of consciousness and ways we see the world, family of origin work and, you know, the bone system, you know, family systems. And I mean, there's so many different ways, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, but can people be present to each other? That's when the rubber hits the road. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the, you know, I, I want, I can be present to myself in my meditation chair, but can I be present to my husband when he's doing his nine thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, or my when God. I'm doing my seven thing. 
Mm-hmm. You know, those are two really different things. And so it's really bringing the work on the road into these really important parts of our lives. Mm, thank you. And thank you for the commitment of staying with the work as a seven, because you've become a pioneer for the rest of us. And I know you have predecessors as well, and we're just all in the journey, but we're just really blessed by you doing this work. And I know it's work. I know we're all on the journey. Um, but thank you. Cause that's a marvelous story. And we're hearing when I look at your past and, and see where you've been, I'm like, Oh, wow. Helen Palmer, David Daniels, ginger others. I mean, you've really got this robust training and now you've been able to bring new things to it, this integration. So, um, with spirituality, right. with marriage, um, we want to know, in your years of marriage, and it sounds like spirituality might be part of this, but what are some, what is a basic practice that you've learned about marriage? That's just been very helpful, even outside of the center's approach. Oh, that's a great question, Krista. Um, yeah, I would say if I just, my first, you know, the first answer would be obviously understanding what's up for my husband and what's up for me as relates to the art Enneagram style. That is really, really important. Mm -hmm. And I think that I thought there'd be a mountaintop. I mean, you and I are both idealization types. So I have an ideal of how we're going to be, of how my family is going to be. And we both have a frustration when the Mm -hmm. ideal's not met. Mm -hmm. And my ideal's not met weekly. My ideal's not met daily. All right. Now my seven self wants to reframe the ideal, but then I miss what's happening in the present moment. So I would say the second core practice for me Mm. is can I be present to myself and to Dave in that I, thou, where I see you as you are to yourself when the heat is on? Um, that's, that to me is my core practice. And, um, and, you know, we sevens and we all had people mentalize our emotions. Mm-hmm. And so the other feels that lack of presence. They feel like they're getting analyzed. They feel like they're getting figured out. They feel like they're getting condescended to, and I'll learn you a thing or two if I'm not in my body and in my heart. Mm. And it's a, you know, being an assert type, I'm like a freight engine running, Mm. you know, I just, it's just, it's more. And so I've really been, you know, my real intention in the past couple of years is can I really bring who I am at work? Cause I can be really present to my clients and really present on a panel. Can I bring it in a fuller way? So, yeah. So it's like presence in relationship is just really important. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a daily practice and my meditation practice helps. I can always, in fact, my kids and my husband used to tell me to go meditate because they could see the difference. Wow. That's a lot of a great wealth of info for us. Uh, anyone who's running fast, whether they be a head type or a body type or a heart type, just to hear that the family is part of it. Like they're, they're encouraging you to do your work and that you're also saying, when I do my work, I bring in such a different flavor to the family. And, and I know I can, because I find my way to it at work and with clients and, yeah. and just yeah, the bringing exactly. of it at home. How fascinating. And it was, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of Esther Perel, but mm-hmm. Esther Perel was actually the one who had me think about that a couple. Do you bring your best, you know, Ginger's book is bring your best self to work. Yeah. Esther's challenge you to bring your best self to home, you know, 
And and that's a that's a big challenge to think about, you know, coming mm-hmm. home at the end of the day, being tired. Yeah. Um, I bring or if you're home with your children, um, mm-hmm. it, it's just it's it's a it's and it's a world too where we're having so many claims on our attention. And so it's a really challenging world. I'm with you. And so we want to help everybody to, to learn today from your center's approach, but you've already helped us to center. So thank you. And tell us more about, uh, just for those who are maybe newer to the Enneagram about the centers of intelligence. Sure. Sure. So I happened upon this center's approach because when I was certifying, Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, my training's been with a lot of head types. Tom Condon was somebody who had, was a big influence on me. Helen, mm-hmm. uh, David, Claudia Naranjo's work was, he's a five. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Almas is a five. But all these, all these kind of people on whose, whose shoulders I stand on mm-hmm. um, were head types. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I started, I then went to Ginger's training and it was like, I, Ginger's a heart type and there was a, there's a lot of doing Ginger creates. She's really good at creating products that you can use in your trainings. But I worked with a friend of mine who's an eight who just said, you know, they get the, they don't get the body center right. Yeah. And so we decided to get together to do some research. And we did a two year period of research, which asked a heart type. Her, her name is Renee Rosario. She's on this um, faculty of the narrative. Mm-hmm. And we did a two-year deep dive study into the centers, and we came across the work of Suzanne Zercher, who was a Benedictine nun, and she was doing spiritual direction with people. And um, Claire just, it, Claire was blown out of the water by her work. So we started mm-hmm. to just dig into it because she says in the center's approach, the heart center, the head center is the, is the perceiving center. Now that we know. We tend to have like our eyes are just kind of taking in information kind of more than, than really than anybody else can see. We notice things other people don't see data, data, data. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, one would say that the heart center is the feeling center. All right. You know, mm-hmm. these emotional types. That was not what we were finding. And Suzanne was a four. The body types with a feeling center. And I'll say more about that in a moment. And if you're a heart type, you can get this because you know this about yourself is that you're feeling everybody else's feelings. Okay. You're out there noticing how everybody else is feeling and shape shifting in some way to make a connection. You want connection to other people. And so for you, it's not as much about noticing what you're feeling as much as it is about paying attention to what others are feeling and then kind of shaping yourself around that. Now, that was really good for me to know, particularly when I was working with people, Krista, you know, to know that they look so feeling oriented, but they're out of touch with their own feelings, which are buried. And, and even just bringing people in a meditation practice in my office could sometimes make the heart types a little anxious. They don't know me that well. And I'm looking to others, if I'm a heart type, facial cues, body language, you know, words, on how am I doing? So the heart center is the doing center. But I've always wondered about that. And just hearing you say it, I'm starting to get it. Yeah. Well, connecting is others to others is important. So I can tell you this is, let me give you a real simple example the way doing shows up. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to proceed it with this. I make the distinction between feeling and sentiment. Mm-hmm. 
Feeling is in the body, body types. It's, it's what is in the body in the present moment. You know, I like it. I don't like it. I want it. I don't want it. And this is what body types. This is how they make their way through the world. All right. Mm -hmm. They feel intense emotional responses. And even before they're in conscious awareness, they try to control their feeling their, their somatic response. Soma comes from the word body by numbing out, stuffing and repressing my feelings. Their less comfortable feelings are converted to anger, okay? And their energy is reserved for things that are important. If they think it's stupid and not worth their while, they'll just count it. Mm. Feelings are in the body. Feelings are instinctive. They rise from within. They're felt. They're experienced. Like mm. a feeling, how am I feeling in this moment? Dull, kind of low energy. Am I full of energy? Yeah. Sentiment, sentiment is constructed. It's superficial. It's a response to a situation. It's acted out. It's staged. It's doing. Mm. So, you know, so let's talk about it. Let me make the distinction. You and I are in the grocery store mm. and I have something place I have. I see you over there. All right. Mm -hmm. But I got to be someplace. So I, I don't want to run into you. We've all had that experience of not wanting to run into this person. It doesn't matter about liking them or not liking them. Yeah. It's yeah. just, we got to get going. So I might, you know, just kind of, and then all of a sudden you round the corner and I see you and I say, oh, hi, Krista. It's great to see you because I'm socialized to yeah. make connection with you. Right, right. I don't want to be rude. That's sentiment. That's doing connection. Mm -hmm. It's an acting. It's a do it's got a doing component. Oh, okay. So the twos, threes, and fours do that. Yes. Oh. And they, 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 they want to convey three very different images. Mm, okay. All right. Wow. So, so to understand that it's really important for people to understand that. And these are hardwired into our nervous systems. These very, three very distinct ways of being. So let's think of it. The center of intelligence, the body type, the, yeah. the emotional alarm bell is called anger. Mm -hmm. All right. This is for, so if you're a mammal dog, and, and Krista, this so helped me to know this because it helped me be kinder to myself. All right. Yes. These are instinctive responses. These are emotions. It's seven emotions. You know, these, Jack, a guy named Jack Panskep and identified, you know, care, play, joy. But these negative emotions are associated with the three Enneagram centers. Anger, um, distress, panic at the loss of connection, and fear. So for the body center... The core emotion is anger. Mm -hmm. That's their alarm bell. Power up, defend my territory. I feel in my body, all right, a lot of feelings. And can you imagine? So when I'm coaching them, they come in and they don't look like there's a lot of feelings. They look armored. Why? Because I can't, you know, I can't let you, you know, imprint yourself on me. And this is even nines. There's an armory that happens. The eights, it's coming to power up and get what I need. The nine, I'm going to shift my, I'm going to kind of numb to my own feelings and focus on you and kind of fall asleep to myself. So my anger will subside. Mm. Now the one, I'm not angry, but I can, I can see what needs to be corrected here. I'm going to suppress and conceal my anger and I don't know it. All right. Mm. So that's these. this is the protection anger type. All right. Does any, what do you have? Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. And you're explaining it in a way that is deeper and richer than how we normally get it. So thank you. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's feeling. So when you're coaching, if you're working with, you have a child who's a body type, no, there's a lot more going on in there. No. And it's like body types really need to be seen. You mm. need to know your worth. Mm. And they're self-forgetting. They need to be named. Mm. But the feelings feel like too much. So there's this protective function. And if you're a body type, just let us know in the comments section too, if that resonates for you. Thank it's you. like, I don't always know what I want, you know? Mm. Um, so it's just, it's just for an eight, I'm going to kind of go get it. So I have to know that being married to a body type that, and I one time asked my husband, I said, do you feel things strongly? Like he says, yeah, doesn't everyone, mm. you know, like, and it doesn't look like that on the outside, Krista. No, it doesn't. But I know it with a nine in my home and a one in my home. And we've done a lot on this podcast to explore. And a lot of this is just us playing with it because we're trying to figure it out together that we've learned that a lot of the uh, body types are five senses people, of course. And so we've taken it from that space. We've talked a lot about that. We've had occupational therapists on trying to help us, but the way you're explaining it is helping me to know why this is happening. Yes. It's a, there's a really great practice called interoception, which is turning the attention inwards and feeling the the felt sense of your body sensations. Okay. So when I'm working with a body type, we do start there. Okay. But the other thing, the secondary function for body types is the heart. I have to bring them into their heart, self-compassion, mm -hmm. compassion to really see what's up for them. All right. Mm -hmm. When we head types are kind of all in our mental stop, it's hard for me. I want to figure him out. Yeah. Right. I want to tell him how it is as a nine. I teach this stuff. I want to tell you how it is for you. If you're a body type, tell me, how does that work for you? If I had helps telling you how it is for you, it's just, yeah. uh, it's, it's an armoring. You're not going to control me. Don't you tell me how I am. Right. Yes. Oh, wow. so, yep. yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a defend and protect. You're trying to get into my space. It's encroachment. They can smell it. They can taste it. They can sense it. Yeah. Uh, Body types have a real eye, you know, an instinctual sense of um, somebody getting into my space and trying to take me over and telling me how it is. And that's all three body types. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's, yeah. When we're working with that body type in marriage, we don't want them to feel that way. That's huge. Cause they're like, I'm right. You're wrong. Or just get get kind of out of my space. How do you work with somebody like that as a spouse? It sounds like you said one of the ways oh, is yeah. bring them into their heart instead of trying to figure them out. But if I tried to get my husband to come into his heart through one of my wonderful practices that my clients and students pay to come to, it will annoy the crap out of them. Yeah, true. Right? This is marriage. Feel, this is his marriage. This is real life. So what I have to first do is deal with myself deal with my own reactivity. And this is new for me to really come inside my own body and what's happening for me. We sevens are not comfortable with anger. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I have to first come and become, I get teachy preachy when I'm angry. It's a sign I'm angry. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. And so I have to become aware of my own anger. And sometimes when I'm getting better at this is, is taking some time to be with myself 
be aware of my anger and see what's up for me with a little bit of kindness for myself. Mm. That's number one. Mm. Um, we're getting better at now saying what's real for ourselves. When sevens and nines get into conflict, it's, there's a, it's a sign you're invested in the marriage. These are two positive reframe types. Right. 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 I so love we, your PDF, how you go through all the different types too. Yeah. Yeah. These are really positive reframe types. We just, we want to, we don't want to have those hard conversations. Mm-hmm. So risking the hard conversation. So him knowing what he wants and he's gotten so much better at knowing what he wants and saying what he wants, but nines need a clear path forward. I have to sit back in my chair. And sometimes Krista, that's the mm-hmm. simplest thing for me to do is to sit back in my chair. Cause to almost notice when I'm going like this, I'm trying to, I'm almost encroaching into his space, trying to get things to be my way. So if I can sit back in my chair, cross my legs, see what's up for him and be aware of my own reactivity and stop talking. Mm. It's one of the hardest, because when I stop talking, I have to feel my own feelings and I don't want to feel my own feelings. So the talking pace keeps me from feeling. So now for, as a nine, he has some clear way forward. There's mm. some space now for him and nines need that. Mm. And for him, his work is to know what he wants, to get in touch with him being angry. We do it. We joke about it a lot. Trust me. If I say you're, it seems like something's bothering you. He used to say, so why don't you tell me what it is? Because it's taken me two weeks to figure out what it is. But he's getting much better with Mm. his own practice, knowing what matters to him. Yeah. And, um, but it's a, it's a constant, you know, it's a, like I said, we evolve through the, through these relationships and um, mm-hmm. the new iteration now being our age is just really working with, um, you know, our, our bodies as they age, our children being adults. It's a whole different kind of relationship. I just can't even tell you. And these times we're in. Yes. And it's a really tenuous time. So mm-hmm. um yeah. Does, does that help answer your question? Yeah, it does. It really helps us to hear that. Um, and we love hearing about the seven, nine marriage too. We bring a lot of the pairings on to hear about them. And, um, we really love to hear that the body types need some space and they need to have you not just inserting. Well, I yourself. Would say, I'm going to just pause for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Nine needs space. Okay. The nine needs, they all need energetic space. Yes. All right. Yeah. The eight goes to get the the eight needs contact. Gotcha. Show up, show that you're here. Are you going to meet me? It's Mm -hmm. a different kind of space. It's space, but it's a different kind of space. Show up, be here. Don't jump into your head. Tell me what's up for you. That it's an emotional realness type. Mm, Okay. How do you experience? So you're partnered with a one, right? Mm hmm. Experience this feeling sense in the one. How is it? Yeah, I'm just curious. Ones don't usually like to go to their four space because they will go there artistically, but to go into the feelings is very scary for ones. So my husband and I recently had a great conversation that I shared on the podcast when we went through the Truity Seven Love Styles test. And he said, 
it's not comfortable for me to go to the deep emotional spaces. So when we have our discussions, even about our relationship, I appreciate and enjoy the intellectual style better so that we can get to the heart of it, almost like a a cognitive behavioral therapy versus psychoanalytics. So it was very helpful for me to hear that because we do well that way. And we clear up our conflict that way versus me thinking I've got to bring you into your deep four angst. Right. No, that's, that's, that's control. The ones aren't going to be controlled. Yeah. So that's really interesting. Yeah. It's like, so you meet through the intellectual realm and sometimes through the intellectual realm, sometimes like I find sometimes ideas can open me to my heart, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so yeah, it's, it's not, none of these types, their feelings, the reason that feelings are hard for them because there's so much. And it feels scary to go to their feelings. It feels like a physical overwhelm. Yeah. Okay. Body parts to go to the feeling center. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's helpful for us to know the why. Right. These are feeling types. That doesn't mean that it's easy to get to the, and when I say feeling, like I said, it's, it's immediate, it's instinctual. Mm -hmm. It arises from deep within. So Mm -hmm. knowing your body and your somatic clues are hugely helpful. I think mm. in this work, I think we are, we've not been operating with a full deck. We're all educated through cognition. We're all learning ideas. People talk about being present, but any meditation teacher will teach you. Anybody who's worth their salt in meditation includes the body as a core present centered practice of becoming aware of sensation. Oh my gosh. The five senses are a good portal of entry right? But underneath that is the sensation. And that's what trauma experts are telling us a lot about mm-hmm. somatic experiencing. I've had some training in that as well with the Peter Levine school of what's happening in the body with a client, because some people can't go there because they're literally somatically unoverwhelmed. Mm. That's helpful for me, Krista, with my nine, to know when he's not overwhelmed. I used to chase him down. Yes. And that's not going to work with a nine. Oh no. And I like how we're, this I think does apply and it helps me to understand the body types even more because of those five senses rapidly firing at all times. When you go after them with anything, there's going to be an overwhelm in most cases of, of course the eight wants to fight and, and they want sensory seeking in that way, but but they really also don't want to be dominated. Um, so it's nice to be able to say body types are actually feelings types and they have a lot of feelings. We don't always have to pull them out to do good marriage work, but it will depend on the spouse because some body types probably really connect in feelings and want that deep work. Some have a lot of trauma, but as you said, we're, we're exploring all of this as a young science right now. Um, so I like that you're bringing in the body and the somatic experiencing. So people know this is a layer of the work that a lot of people in traditional marriage work did not know in the, in the past. So be listening. Yeah. Right. And working in the present was, was not, not always what people do. It's what, it's what I add. I, it, you know, if they need therapy, classic therapy, I refer them to a therapist, but yeah. present centered work with couples is a very different kind of work. And I would just make the distinction too. They don't always know their emotions. Emotions are a different thing, but you know, that's different from feelings, the somatic mm. feelings in the body. Okay. Thank so I, I can't say that I actually give, heart types and body types. I have to give everybody, I have emotional, I have lists of emotion words. 
-hmm. so that they can look at how am I, what are my emotions right now in this present moment? And maybe where does that emotion house itself in the body? Um, so, so if we talk about the heart types, when I talk about this doing center, all right, um, it, it is oftentimes their, what they're feeling, what their emotions are. They don't always know even fours because they, you know, they might be for the force one force that it's kind of the swirl and the toilet bowl of my emotions. But when I get with other people and there's other people in the space, Mm -hmm. right so much of the energy is on how you see me yeah one four did this great collage in one of my classes he drew a picture of himself in the middle and he surrounded the perimeter of the collage with other people's faces and they were all looking at him that's that self-reference okay everybody's looking at me and so for a four whether i'm co-teaching with a four working with a four is to other you know, you other reference in terms of seeing how you automatically go to other people, ask yourself, how am I feeling? Giving yourself a little bit of, a little bit of grace and, and also not focusing. It's, it's kind of funky because the fours are self-referencing. It's focusing on me, on how I am to you. And I say to fours, focus on what might be going on for them that has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Right. Because we self-referencing types kind of, we, we take up a lot of space yeah. in the relationship. So it's like, it's may have nothing to do with you. So if you're teaching or if you're working with your child is upset or your partner is upset, it may have nothing to do with you. All right. Mm-hmm. So see though, how you're feeling in the moment. All right. Mm-hmm. And then being attentive to, you know, maybe what's going on for them mm-hmm. for the two, the doing is, you know, for the twos, they have a hard time even receiving because receiving, if I, if I have a need, it goes straight into the heart of my pride. So fours, rising anger is a sign of unmet needs, but I don't even know I have a need. And I found twos, if you try to help, if you probably noticed this, if you're partner with a two, they get irritated. Mm. It's at the pride right? I do. I'm a doing center for you. I'm a lot of confusion about my own feelings, my own needs. I know what yours are. I know how to do that. But for you to do something for me, it hits at the pride and I feel the deflation of the pride. Yeah. How does a spouse give to a two? (laughs) That's a great question too. So why don't you tell us? Um, in the comments, please. I, I know they it. like different things because I've done a lot of surveying, but but I'd love to hear if you've ever had a two kind of get to that space. Well, my dad's a two. Okay. My dad was a two. Um, I would say, so let me tell you, I went to take care of a two who was having a knee replacement. And what I was aware of yeah. was that when they are receiving, they get snarky. Okay. All right. So we had an honest conversation. I said, how can I do for you? Cause I'm coming up, you know, you need help. Yeah. All right. I'm coming yeah. up to help. And I don't want you to snark. Right. Yeah. I don't want to get snarked at. Mm-hmm. So what can I do? What's the best way I can give to you? They said quietly, don't make a big deal out of it. Just mm-hmm. the coffee cup shows up, you know, the meds on the counter with water. <laughs> That's good. Just show up with the meal and gab but don't make a big deal out of it. Mm. Right. 
because mm-hmm. it's hard to receive that. That's the feedback I got straight from the horse's mouth of the two. I love it. The and I hear the narrative tradition. I have a two coming up to a knee replacement in my life soon. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to get that specific advice. But what's yeah. fascinating we'll out of it. Yeah. Is what I love that Leslie's telling us is yes, we want to work on our passions and fixations, but because these are here with us as kind of lifelong sojourners, it's also just knowing how to love our people right where they're at. Right. <laughs> Well, this is a person who's not doing a lot of Enneagram work. They they know they're a two. They do some work. Yeah. But the other thing, and if you're a two, notice what happens inside of you when you receive, when the pride gets hit, when someone does, because we're always the paradox. We have these tight paradoxes. Mm -hmm. There's nine paradoxical ways we want a certain way, but we live out a reality where we don't get what we want. Mm -hmm. You know, we sevens are always looking so upbeat and okay. People, when we're not okay, we don't get the support we're looking for because people don't know how to be with us when we're not okay. We're very clumsy at it, very, you know, just clumsy at it. Yeah, right. And so what we're really looking at is how do we help these heart types to be able to, in their doing, to feel their own feelings and to share their needs. And I guess you're saying the first step for them is feeling their own feelings um, and then you're also creating an awareness with every heart type listening when somebody starts to give to those needs and re- recognize that as a form of love, because I know heart types want to be loved, right? Well, uh, yeah. And it's for, and it's in three different ways. So for the three, I've been getting a lot of threes in my practice lately. Mm-hmm. And so for threes, it really has to do that. You're going to show up, not just when I'm shiny. Mm. you know, and that you're here, not just when I'm shiny. Now there's ways you push people away for three. That's your own inquiry. Um, Mm. The projection is you don't love me when I'm not shiny. You don't love me when I'm not a winner because I'm so heavily identified with being a winner. I don't even know I have feelings. I have a three that works for me. And one of the things we do, Krista, is we pause at the beginning of the meeting. We drop inside, do a short meditation of how am I feeling right now? What's coming up for me? What's going on in my body? And she'll be the first one to say that when she first started doing body stuff with me, she had no idea what I was talking about. So mm. if you don't feel your body, welcome to the human race. We really haven't been, our, our culture is just not very good at having us be aware of our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but as she comes becomes aware, she can see where she was angry or see where she felt sad, but mm. it takes slowing down. That moves so fast, we don't want to feel our feelings. Mm. So for threes, you know, Threes are who are going through something hard is, you know, I think one three said to me, you know, one of the worst things people can say is if anyone can do it, you can, it just makes me feel like a bigger failure. Yeah. You know? And Mm -hmm. so I said, what if people said, you know, I'll be here for you no matter what. Yeah. She said it would be hard to take in, but it's, but it's what I need to hear. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so when I'm working with threes, they it's really hard. I give them a feeling cheat sheet and have them. I have, I have body sensation words on one list. Mm-hmm. I have emotion words on another list and just say, just because it's like a new territory for them. It's, it's confusion. It's, yeah. I don't know what I'm feeling. So it has to be taught. And I think we're not taught. I mean, raise your hand if you were taught to pay attention to your body when you're a kid growing up. It's just, no, it's just power on through. Yeah. And think, 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 think we're taught, we're taught through the mental center. 
mm-hmm. a little bit maybe on emotional intelligence, but not much. Right. And then the body center is completely mm-hmm. not taught at all. And mm-hmm. so none of us is playing with a full deck and we have these two other centers. Yeah. You know, we head types benefit for us getting out of the damn head and come into contact with the other and say, what's up for you? How are you experiencing this? Body types or head types can be very avoidant mm-hmm. of hard conversations. Oh yeah. Because we may not feel like we're, we don't have the equipment to, to kind of deal with it. So we imagine all these things in our heads mm-hmm. and don't make the actual contact of picking up the phone, meeting for coffee, um, it's a, these, we can be really avoidant of doing, yeah. thinking places, doing so much to the point we thought so much about it. We thought we did it. <laughs> right. We were so anxious and terrified by the worst that could happen in it that we, you know, decided not to, and we, we allowed it to go up and out head and then heavenward. So it's, it's really a huge gift for every one of us to be listening to Leslie say, you have to balance these centers and we're not shaming you because we're in it too. We know that this is part of the culture we're all in, but I love how you said, you know, we're not playing with a full deck in life and in marriage. So, uh, these are just great insights for those married to the body and heart type. And now as we begin to understand the head type, you're reminding us that, um, that we have to kind of come down and our spouses are dealing with us not being fully present. And I would say right. we, we lack a lot of presence in the body and in the heart. Exactly. And, and, and some of the, one of the simplest things I do head types is I feel my feet on the ground. Mm. And I think about the difference between the thought of my feet and the actual felt sense of my feet on the ground. Mm. And I, I, I had this um, a few years back, I lost my sister to cancer. And while she was sick, I called a friend of mine who's an eight who does a lot of the three centered work and said, you know, just, I need to talk. I just left her. And I was, my, my whole system mm-hmm. was on overwhelm and my, my mental patterns, you know, it was just like, mm-hmm. and um, she literally talked me through that is a doing, you know, we talked through, we connected, I could feel her heart of support. And then when I got home, she said, do you have any trees in your yard? I have a lot of trees. She said, just go lean against a tree. Feel the solidity of the tree. We head types can feel like heads on a stick and not terribly yeah. grounded in the world. So just to feel yeah. the tree, feel the back of your chair. You can do that right now. Just feel the felt sense of the chair supporting yeah. you. Then you've got more capacity to deal yeah. with the overwhelm of something so sad. You know, and then I could have a good cry that without that kind of panic cry, mm-hmm. it's that kind of more body, somebody standing with me, somebody I trust, who mm-hmm. I care about, who can just stand there and be present, even though it was over the phone, lean against the tree and let the grief move through. We don't have a lot of chops for that if we're body type or head types. We just don't have a lot of chops because we mentalize our emotions and yeah. we're just from our bodies mm. so for us it's about coming into contact we can be so avoidant and this culture gives so many ways to avoid real human conversation and then stop and listen from your other centers if you're ahead of time yeah and that's just a, a daily practice you can put on is what time of a day is it what when's the last time i connected with my body. And I know that's a great practice to just get up and move. And like you said, 
Um, I have to be near my microphone, but I did the grounding with my feet just now. And that was helpful. Uh, but the back of the chair or getting up and walking. And I know my husband's been great about this with me. And you could ask your spouse to do this too. When we go out on a walk, I'm just so in my head. And he automatically says to me as a body type, look at the sky, look at the stars, look at these trees. And it just brings me back into the five senses. So if you don't have a spouse in the body type, you do that. Um, but it's, it's nice to hear that these practices can be put on daily and they can benefit you and your marriage because your spouse appreciates you being as balanced as possible too, as long as you're not forcing them into it. Right. Right. That's so true. It's so simple. Doesn't it sound so simple? Look at the skies. Yeah. Look at the, you know, look at the trees around you. It starts bringing you down into the body. That's yeah. beautiful. I mean, my husband will say, come sit out front and listen to the owls. Oh. We've got, these, you know, owls nesting nearby. And, and you know, uh, it's, and it's just, it's just a way. And I resist it every time. Oh, me and too. I do this y'all for a living. And when I do, my whole nervous system starts to settle down. If you're a five, you know this, you have a more sensitive nervous system. Mm. And so you pop up into your head, you start trying to figure it out. Your, you know, the avarice shows up as kind of contracting against somebody kind of coming into space, your space. Mm -hmm. And the body gives you a support. It gives you another place to go. And I will tell every one of you, if you're doing this, if you're new, especially if you're a five, when I start doing somatic work with fives, a lot of times they can't feel their bodies at first because they've been mm. so habituated to going to the mental realm so quickly. Um, so, you know, and with sixes, you tend to be reactive, defensive. The mm. body gives you another resource when your nervous system gets scared. And you, we all had types know, scratch a five, you get a six, scratch a seven, you get a six. Is, is to really um, just be aware that the body can be a resource, breath. In fact, that's a core practice I work with with clients is breathing. And I love the work of Peter O'Hanrahan in the narrative tradition, yeah. who was just, who's been really generous with me and my materials and using mm. his breath practices for each type because each type could do, we sevens for instance, we can inhale, but do we exhale? Yes right down through the legs into the body eights you know it's kind of a power up breath threes you know there's this chest breathing you know for you to get down into your belly i mean for each one of us there's the way we breathe that feeds the the conditioned self and presence is pausing coming into the present moment the easiest thing to observe is your habit of thought you know, but also notice how is it housing it your, itself in your body right now? And you can pause, come back into the present moment and ground. Oh, that's so good. So helpful. So healing. So reminding me of the vagus nerve and, you know, pushing down and just taking the deep breath and allowing everything in your body to get regulated. So your body isn't in the fight or flight mode. I mean, it's neat to hear about Peter's work because it gives our listeners even more of a fine-tuned nuanced reference if they want some additional breathing tips and tools. And I also like obviously the late David Daniels relaxation work too. Um, with that said, what about getting uh, the thinking types into the feelings 
uh, into the emotions, into the heart. So your dominant center is perceiving if you're a head type. Your secondary center is the body, right? Mm-hmm. So head types usually feel relief. Like, you know, heart types feel a little anxious when I'm having them close their eyes and coming into their body. Yeah. You know, for head types, um, it actually feels like relief. Yeah. Unless there's a lot of, unless there's, if you have trauma, that could be different. Mm-hmm. So it's paying attention to your own life experiences is important. And I'm, and I'm talking about some significant trauma. We've all got, you know, birth trauma. We've all got some degrees of trauma, but I'm talking about some pretty intense degrees of trauma. The body can feel like a less safe place. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 the tertiary function is the heart. So first come into your body and feel your body. And I think for types, you know, just, you know, just feeling kind of sometimes touching. Dan Siegel does some great work on touching the heart. Mm-hmm touching the belly, grounding, and then pause because we project a lot. We head types project a lot onto other people. Mm-hmm. The mental, mental center is the fastest center. And just get curious if you're in conflict. It's just like, what's up for you right now? And then pause. Ask. So how are you doing with what happened this morning? How are you? Now, right now, that can feel scary because it's happening in the present moment. And I don't know what they're going to say. I can't anticipate it. I can't figure it out. Yeah. You know, like, well, what I'd rather, you know, let's write a letter. Like I want to plan for it. Mm -hmm. So it's going to bring you into that present moment anxiety of uncertainty. If you're a head type, because you're looking for safety, security, and uncertainty. So when you feel anxious, asking the other pause, come back, feel your feet on the ground, breathe, just remind yourself, you know, for, for, for six, you know, I'm safe. I can trust myself right now. Just drop inside and be present to the other, right? Just as they are to themselves, watch your projections. If you're a five, you know, just notice the assumption is that if I ask you about you, you're going to overtake me, you know, that's the avarice. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be up for dealing with this. And then for that, for the sevens, it's really slowing yourself down. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but your body's a resource for you to help you slow yourself down, dropping into the breath. It's what I do a bajillion times a day when I'm taking a walk with my daughters. I've got a nine and a four, you know? Um, These are two kind of more withdrawing types. Mm -hmm. I have to sometimes just really pause and notice when I start to, you know, insert... And notice when I'm making assumptions. The Enneagram is a fabulous map, but I can make assumptions about what's going on for them based on their type that may have nothing to do with what's really happening for them. Oh, wow. So being in touch with your body will lead you to asking more gently in the heart, a little more safety comes through this getting centered. And then you're more open to actually asking versus uh, projecting. Yeah. Making up a story. (laughs) <laughs> what are the stories we make up? Like, oh my gosh. We make up a lot of stories. Think of, the, think of the bajillion stories you've made up about what's going on for someone. Your projections hurt people. My projections hurt people. Hmm. And so, wow. you know, I sometimes just have to pause and just think, okay, what's going on for them? And knowing the Enneagram and doing this for a living, I, I can make assumptions. Sometimes I'm right. Sometimes it's some version of it, but it's only part of the story. Hmm right? It's only part of it. 
you know? And so it's not about me. It's easier for me to tell you how it is for you because then I've got control. The mind loves to control, mm. right? So if I can tell you how it is for you based on my great knowledge of the Enneagram, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not having to be in contact with you as you are to yourself. Mm. So what the body does is it gives me a resource to calm my anxiety when I come into contact with you. Yeah, yeah that's- And if I'm not there, I talk too much and too fast and I'm not really present to you and you feel it, you know it. Mm. Wow. Absolutely. So it's a three-centered gig and- I think it's, it's, we're ready for it. Mm -hmm. I think people are, we're seeing much more about the body. I think we're ready for being able to work with these types in this, this way. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, if meditation's not comfortable for you, start with a walking meditation. My, my mm -hmm. admin said, Leslie, I would just roll, she's the three, I would roll on a ball and just feel my body and just keep coming back to my breath. Um, she goes, I had to do something. Art types, you sometimes have to do something. But if you're going to be alone for two, can you take a walk by yourself? Feel your own aliveness by yourself. Come into contact with the trees who you, you know, you can't manipulate into liking you. Just receive them for you, mm. you know? And, and, and almost imagine that this, this creation is for you. Feel your own presence. Spend time alone without bringing this or stick it in your pocket. And, you know, because talking on the phone isn't being present to yourself. No. And, um, yeah. you know, so it's just spending alone is really important. I think for all of us, but particularly for heart types so that you can feel mm. your own aliveness. Mm. It gives you time to feel your own aliveness of what's alive for me right now. And when your mind goes into the doing and it goes, come back and just spend at least five minutes with your five senses and your own somatic, what am I feeling right now? Mm. Just feel appreciation for your own aliveness. Wow. Wow. I love that. And I love how that will bring them into even the thinking after that, like they're feeling what they need to feel in their bodies and now they can think healthier and you're just helping us to see there's routes. So the thinking types go to the body and then they'll get to the heart. And then I know everyone's different even within this, but do body types typically. And when I say body types, I mean, the ones eights and nines, just for clarification, are they then going to, um, heart first, or are they going to head first? Okay, let me, so I want to make a distinction. We head types don't go to the body, right? Okay. We, we don't have any training for that. Okay. That's your pause practice. Your okay. pause practice is, is to come body. into your body. Right. Okay. Right. We don't automatically go there. We automatically go up here. Okay. Yeah. That's so, why my, when my designer do the, drew the images that I sent you, they're all, all the energies up here. All right. Okay. For the body type, the energy is all vibrating in here. Okay. What I would say for you, for body types, the heart center is coming into contact with your own heart, your own vulnerability. And that feels scary. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. So sometimes being in nature for you, having some self-compassion, particularly if you're an eight and you've blown up a something where you just think, oh my God, I did that again. I was too, yeah. too strong. And I, I was just trying to get the truth out there and it hurt someone. Yeah. Give yourself a little grace, a little bit of kindness, 
Mm-hmm. And what I have found with body types, like I'll give you an example. If somebody is sent to me for coaching and they're a body type, mm-hmm. if I try to jump them to their head to try to get a wider lens to see the bigger picture yeah. without attending to see you body person, yeah. you're going to go, you're going to, what are you going to do? You're going to go stubborn. You're going to, you're going to ground. You're going to get yeah, more in because you're protecting yourself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're armoring because that's what body types do. It's, it's it built into your nervous system that anger protects you. So mm-hmm. even if you feel sad, if you feel fear, it's going to show up externally as anger because that's more comfortable than the vulnerability of sadness or fear. So your work, if you're a body type, is to, you know, come into some, some self-compassion spend some time experiencing your own worth. Nature can be really helpful for you too. And Mm. just with your focus on, you know, just feeling your own worth that you belong on this planet. You are here. Your incarnation matters. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then start noticing where you're getting stubborn. After you feel a little bit of a pop or some spaciousness, start to notice where am I getting a little stubborn about my position? what would it be like get curious what would it because if I tell you how to do it you're going to oppose me yeah all right you're gonna you're gonna go stubborn on me so Mm -hmm. get curious what would it be like for me to open to this other perspective I hadn't considered Mm. what would it be like if I softened my defensiveness here and thought about how it is for that partner of mine or that employee or fellow worker or whatever of mine what would it be like if I thought what it's like for them you know and with nines you do that naturally unless you're mad if you're mad and you've got and it's hard for you to see the other's position Mm -hmm. or even if you do see it it's hard for you to soften to it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thank you for clarifying that with nines it's the softening yeah when you've hurt me when you've and nines you know this if you're a nine you tend to withhold it's it's it feels a little that's why sometimes fives and nines confuse themselves nines don't give all of yourself because it's that feeling you're going to overwhelm me and take me over nines have said that to me Mm. if i give you a little you're going to take me over and Mm. it's so hard for me to find my own space anyway so spend some time, feel the, feel the edges of your body that you're here. You belong. Wow. That's really helpful. We've never said that on this podcast for nines. And I think they're going to really appreciate this. And then fives in that spot, they wouldn't feel it the same. They would just feel, it sounds like their, their quick minds would say, I've got to pull back. Yeah, it's more, uh, it's just think of it. This is really, and it's hard to teach this on a, you know, on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's really a, it's why I do so many videos and my work, well, in my workshops, I'm actually having people, I do exercises where people get an opportunity where they're like, oh my God, this is such a simple exercise. And I didn't really realize I'm never aware of my body. I have no idea what I'm feeling in any given moment. You know, I can talk about my feelings, but I have no idea what I'm feeling. So that's the the tricky part of this. Um, So just get curious about it yourself uh, as relates to this other center. Um, Okay. You know, I I find meditation and I do a lot of guided meditations in, in my courses around that of just to feel your own body. And, uh, wow. 
And I'm going to, I want to give a little confession to all of you is that when I was doing my training and they were doing some of this body stuff before I did the center's approach, I would skip it. Mm. I'm like, I want to, I want interesting data. I don't want to do some Tai Chi thing or whatever they had. I had had a martial arts expert and I got FOMO. Everybody was talking about how amazing it was. And I got FOMO and I went back and I was like, oh my God, these patterns live in the body. Oh my God. I cannot believe how deeply entrenched they are in the body. Yeah. Like hugely. Uh, And and I think how I work with people, Krista. Okay. That's, that's where I want to go next is where can people find you? Cause your resources are amazing, but I'm really wanting listeners to know. I think we get a little worse versus better if we're not intentional because we just get more locked into patterns, even if you've been doing your work for years. Um, so I've, I've noticed it even recently in the last six months, how important it is for me to go back to the body when I'm getting lost in the head. So just to give listeners that reference and also to let people know, I am sharing this on the Enneagram and marriage new YouTube page. Um, so that way you can see what we're, we're talking about here a little bit more, but Leslie, where can people find you so that they can get more from you? I love this. And you've been studying and we, I've been so blessed by your work. Oh, so first of all, I have a YouTube channel. So there's a lot of videos there. Um, haven't uploaded a lot lately. It's been kind of crazy during the pandemic, but I've got some, I've got some pandemic videos there mm-hmm. actually. I like those videos. videos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uses the center's approach and you can find, just look it up. I've been on a number of podcasts. So look, you know, do that on YouTube. If you want more of the center's work, I highly recommend the foundations of the Enneagram, the center's approach. You can find that on my website and you can put it in the show notes. I sent you the yeah. link um, mm-hmm. and that's at leslieherschberger.com. I've got a lot of information on my website, just a lot, okay. uh, the, including some of the, you know, a lot of the videos, but I highly recommend the center's course because I interview panelists of clients who've been working on the centers. So they are really able to speak to the centers. Um, and then I have meditations for the different centers. I have worksheets, journaling prompts. But what I do is I unpack the Enneagram from the more traditional perspective of the nine types, the wings, the arrows. You know, I touch on the instincts. Um, but the primary focus is the center's approach. So if you want to dive into this approach, that's there. Uh-huh. Um, those would be the two primary places they also can be found on integral life if you're interested in some of the spiritual work i've done um i did a some i taught a workshop with um helen palmer and renee and terry from the narrative and that's called patterns of being on the integral uh, mm-hmm. website integral life and then uh mm-hmm. the coming home and integral christian practicum is also there and so is my Enneagram course between and love. Cause I said, you know, the core of that course is what stands between you and love receiving it's you, <laughs> it's your type. And that course really unpacks that from the Enneagram perspective. That's that course. Um, but yeah, those would probably be the best ways to find me. And um, I am doing, you know, get sign up on my mailing list because then you'll get, um, you know, newsletters when I do things on Zoom, but, or retreats, I'm going to start back into doing my public retreats next fall. Wow. Yeah. So, and, and a lot of that's geared towards people who are doing this work. It's going to be for people who are, have been doing some Enneagram work, Um, you know, less, less geared for 
for brand new people, but I've got a lot of for the, for people brand new to the work. Thank you. Thank you for trying to be with those of us who are newer. And then those who have walked this journey for a little while, and now we're doing this with marriage too, and trying to integrate the best of marriage research. So thank you. Cause you have good work. Thank you. It's, it's a joy and it's a labor as you know, so I'm trying to do the work with everyone so we can all be balanced. Um, but thank you, Leslie. I've treasured this time. I'm looking forward to people getting this. Thank you for your good work in the world. I mean, I have to tell you, marriage work is some of the hardest work there is out there. I know a number of therapists who won't do it and that you dive into it with the Enneagram, you know, good on you. Thank you. My particular traumas make it perfectly suited. (laughs) So so I love it. So anyway, thank you. Have a wonderful day. Okay, Krista, you take care. Thank you for having me. Okay. Did I not tell you that Leslie was deep and that this would be an enriching experience? I hope that you are just feeling that with me. For me, it was fun to not just get to listen once, but to re-listen because there was little nuggets I wanted to make sure I gathered from the ways that Leslie teaches so creatively. And she's just done so much work with so many people that have such Enneagram depths even some of the people we've lost in the world. So she's just, yeah, she's gathering for us these ways that we can process conflict together. And I'm so thankful. So make sure you check all of her goodies out in the show notes. She is ongoing sharing her videos. That's how I got to help differentiate types at the very beginning is watching some of her videos. And I love the way she brings her grace and her growth right into her work. You can see all the beautiful ways she's grown over the years as she talks to us. So thanks for joining us today for the episode. I hope this brings you into a beautiful place into your week and I will be talking with you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show as well as enneagramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.